Every week they talk about music coming into Milwaukee and music coming out of Milwaukee. Here's Evan Ritleski of 88.9 and Piet Levy of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. This is Tapped In. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Tapped In. I am Evan, here as always with Piet. And today we are talking about a story, I think it's safe to say, that is of huge consequence to the city's music scene. We're talking about a new music venue complex with two music venues in it that has been proposed for near the Summerfest grounds. Piet, can you give us the background on these uh, proposed new venues? Yeah. So in December, uh, uh, FPC Live, which is a concert promoter based in Madison, it's a division of a company called Frank Productions out there. Um, they're the, the promoter that's kind of behind bookings at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater, BMO Harris Pavilion outside of Summerfest. Um, they do stuff at the Pfizer Forum. Um, they announced they want to build a brand new built from scratch venue, 108,000 square feet. Uh, one venue would be 800 person capacity. Another is 4,000 person capacity. The larger one would be mostly general ballroom kind of situation with some kind of VIP seating and suites. Um, and the idea is to build this from scratch, have it kind of state of the art. They want to start construction here in 2022 and they want to open it in the second half of 2023. It would be located really adjacent to Mayor Festival Park, um, just south of the Summerfest offices. Those offices are like right across the street from the South Gate. That's the gate that's closest to the American Family Insurance Amphitheater. So it'd be on the same side as those offices, just south of there uh, is where they'd have this venue. And uh, yeah, this is a very significant development. Um, it's not a done deal, though. There's a lot of debate out there about this. Now, there's debate, but what could stop this from happening? Because my understanding of these venues is is there isn't actually that much standing in the way of them becoming a reality. Yeah, so there's a couple of approvals that will be needed. Um, there's an approval that's going to be needed from the Historic Third Ward Architectural Review Board. Uh, that board is going to be kind of in charge of kind of design issues, but they can't really weigh in on, you know, the use of the venue or whether the venue is good for the area, things like that. Um, the other issue or the other uh, approval is going to have to come from the City of Milwaukee Board of Harbor Commissioners. Um, there is a private road, if you've gone down to Summerfest, uh, that you can kind of drive up to get to that South Gate or park in those lots. There's like P lots, I think is what they are, um, by the amphitheater. Um, they want to use that road. FPC Live wants to use that road to kind of get in and out of the venue. They want to have the venue facing that road. But that's not actually a road. It's kind of a private drive that's, um, you know, leased to, to summer. You know, Summerfest gets to use it. And then the, the, the Board of Harbor Commissioners has that road. So you need to get an easement approval as well from the Board of Harbor Commissioners. But then there's some debate about whether the Common Council can weigh in on this. And that's, that's a big sticking point here. The Common Council, as things stand right now, doesn't seem like they can really stop this proposal ahead of construction. I mean, the, the, the proposal will need to reach out to them to get approval for like liquor license, public entertainment license. But uh, in terms of the construction, they don't really have much of a say. They might have a say in terms of this easement question. But at the same time, the venue could theoretically flip their design and have it face towards Erie Street. Then they wouldn't need an easement. But then, of course, it'd be facing a bunch of condos and then really upset the neighbors. So they're trying not to do that. Uh, so we'll have to kind of see. Now, Piet, the big question, would these venues bring more concerts to Milwaukee? Well, that's a selling point from FPC Live. I mean, their big argument is that Milwaukee is a great concert market. There's pent-up demand with the pandemic for more live music. Uh, it really needs a, a new built-from-scratch venue like this to try to bring more concerts in to make Milwaukee more of a, a must-play, to help encourage artists to play Milwaukee and Madison. Um, they've talked about how 
when Pfizer Forum was constructed, it really led to a big concert boom there compared to the Bradley Center before that. And with the American Family Insurance Amphitheater, they underwent a $51 million renovation. And uh, this past summer, even though the pandemic was going on, they still had 18 concerts there, several of those outside of Summerfest, which is the most concerts that venues had since like 2004, when it was the Marcus Amphitheater. Yeah. So their argument is that these new designs or a totally new venue really helped increase concert uh, concerts in the city. And they think something needs to happen on that, that mid-level. But there's a lot of debate about that too. And of course, venues aren't uh, in town already, probably aren't terribly happy about the idea of a big new competitor coming in. All right, Piet, we have so much more to get into here. Uh, There was just that big uh, public meeting about this on Tuesday night at the Milwaukee Public Market. We are going to get into what some of the objections were uh, about this venue when we get back after the break. Stick around. This is Tapton. It's the most charitable time of year, and we have a way for you to give a gift to Radio Milwaukee and yourself. Donate your unwanted car truck, motorcycle, or boat, and let us take it off your hands. Your gift will support the music and stories you enjoy every day, and it may even qualify you for a tax deduction. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org cars to schedule your free donation pickup today. All right, we're back. Tapped in. Evan, Piet, concerts, new venue, controversy. <laughs> controversy, <laughs> Piet. Uh, all right. So this this is interesting. Uh, Piet, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I've got you here because, you know, this is candid talk here. I, I, as a music writer in the city, there aren't that many of us. <laughs> I, mean, I think our Twitter feeds have been uh, nonstop, hey, are these venues a good thing? That is like the big question people have been asking me. And it's it's like a big philosophical question. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not an easy answer to that. It is complicated. It, I think the answer is it depends on who you are, yeah. right? Like, I think if you're a, a uh, rival venue owner, this is, this is not the news you want. And I think it's no secret that the biggest opponents of this venue are, are other venue owners, obviously. But for the average uh, concert goer in Milwaukee... You know, to me, I think it obviously seems like a good thing. Who wouldn't want more venues that could uh, bring in more shows, right? That That's something we want. I think there's there's been some debate about how many shows in this market we're really missing. Uh, I know Urban Milwaukee uh, did a, a really interesting article with some uh, some reporting on the, how these venues came about and how uh, FPC and Live Nation have tried to enter the Milwaukee market. Apparently, according to that reporting, they've, they've wanted a venue for a long time. And uh, according to the owners of the Rave, they attempted to buy the, the Rave and the Eagles Club uh, with intentions, I suppose, of actually ultimately tearing down those venues and relocating them. And I think it's you know I think it's telling that those venues are about the size of the two new venues in this complex. So this this is a music venue complex about the size of the rave, which gives you a sense of the shows that they might be booking. But uh, you know that 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 article I think it casts uh, these new proposed venues in a pretty unflattering light and made some you know I think kind of. Um, thumbed its nose at the suggestion that there were a lot of shows in the in the market that Milwaukee was missing. Famously, in, in that article, uh, pressed for an example of a show that hasn't come to Milwaukee, they said Sylvan Esso. And Sylvan Esso has actually played here quite a bit. Um, but I think, you know, as a music fan, I see big concerts announced all the time that are skipping Milwaukee. I just saw, just this week, there's a new uh, Sharon Van Etten, Julian Baker, Angel Olsen tour that seems like prime for Milwaukee, right? Those are three artists this, this market loves. 
that's not playing Milwaukee. You know, and that seems like the type of show that actually might play this new venue. So what do you think, Piet? Will will this bring more shows? And to the extent you're able to answer, is this good for Milwaukee? Ooh, that is a big question to unpack. Let's let's try to talk about the show thing. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, obviously FPC Live says it will because it's a it's a state-of-the-art venue. Artists are always kind of looking for that. They want the top amenities, not just for, you know, comfort, uh, but also because Fans are attracted to going to new amenities, um, you know, and also from from a loading perspective, usually it's a lot smoother with a new amenity versus, you know, parking, um, you know, kind of further away or whatever it might be or whatever the challenge might be for an older building. Um, so, you know, that their argument is, yeah, more tours would kind of come through there. Um, and they they've, they said um, that they're going to be about 135 events a year to give some context. A lot of those will be concerts, but not exclusively concerts. That'll also include like weddings, corporate meetings, fundraisers. Um, you know, I think when we look at concerts that skip Milwaukee, uh, artists that skip Milwaukee consistently, I feel like a lot of those artists are typically, at least based on observation, from my perspective, they're usually like bigger artists. Yeah, Chicago only tier. Yeah, Chicago only tier. Um, you know, might you know just don't come to Milwaukee at all because they just do Chicago, or do stadiums shows in Chicago or whatever it might be. On this kind of level, where it's like 4,000 capacity, 800 capacity, I feel like a lot of those artists typically play here at some point. Now, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily play here every album cycle. You mentioned Sylvanesso. They played here a lot. But at the same time, they haven't been here on an album cycle or two, maybe. Um, so there's there's definitely a situation where you'll see artists um, play Milwaukee and then kind of skip Milwaukee for a few years then come back to Milwaukee and Milwaukee just being the size that it is, it's not necessarily a must play market. It's not a Chicago. It's not a, an LA or, you know, a, a Houston or something like that. So, you know, it's, it's a big question about whether a new venue can kind of change that. Um, but if we look at like, for instance, um, the Sylvie, which is FPC lives, uh, venue in Madison, there are a few shows that have stood out to me that played there that have not Played Milwaukee or artists that played there that did not come to Milwaukee. Um, they had a Lana Del Rey show at the Sylvie. Lana Del Rey has not played here, maybe not even ever. Um, you know, I remember when the Sylvie first opened, they had a Smashing Pumpkins show, and obviously Smashing Pumpkins have played here a lot, but Smashing Pumpkins haven't played here in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were still able to do a Sylvie date. Um, you know, they uh, so there's a few shows like that. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers was supposed to play the Sylvie. She ended up playing outside last year. We still haven't gotten kind of a big Phoebe Bridgers show yet. But again, it, even if we didn't get it last year, there, we could see Phoebe Bridgers this year at the Beale mm-hmm. Pavilion or Summerfest or something like that. So, you know, it's a big question about it, it might increase frequency of, uh, of, of artists coming here uh, more often. But, you know, there aren't a ton of artists, I think, at that level that are just skipping Milwaukee entirely. Are there, are there enough... Are there enough shows and enough demand to go around to to justify this venue? Because we do have many venues that are about eight hundred capacity, and many venue a few venues that are about four thousand capacity. Is is there demand for this venue? Uh, you know, that's another big question. I think the expectation from the industry is that the you know if you build it, they will come, and that's that's you know, and, and maybe we'll have to see. Time will tell. I mean, the thought the, the industry itself was doing more and more business. I mean, in 2019, the Pap Cedar Group, the Rave, Shank Hall, I mean, all of them were doing a lot of shows and, and hitting some kind of record levels in terms of show numbers. And, um, you know, shows have really kind of branched out a lot too in terms of the kinds of, of content that's being booked. 
Um, you know, you'll, I think it's pretty noticeable the Pap Cedar group. They've done a lot more in terms of comedy. They've always kind of been interested in comedy, but that seems to have really exploded there. Podcasts, um, you know, those kinds of presentations. So there's definitely more options, I think, for, for live entertainment. And the expectation is that that will continue to grow, that obviously the pandemic slowed things down dramatically, but there will be pent-up demand for that. So it's, it's kind of hard to say what the future looks like, um, you know, I don't know, five, 10 years from now. But I think the expectation from the industry is that there will just be more and more and more and more demand and more and more types of entertainment for people to go check out. Um, so that's, that's, that's the argument. But at the same time, the big question, I think, uh, it was asked at this meeting. We can talk about the meeting in a minute. Um, this meeting happened Tuesday, this public forum meeting. And one question was like, what we take away from other venue businesses? I mean, FBC Live says no, but, you know, there are... Of course it will. <laughs> of course it will. I mean, like, for instance, like this Olivia Rodrigo show, she's playing at the Eagles Ballroom in April. That's a Live Nation tour. Live Nation, if we didn't make it clear already, um, they own a majority stake in Frank Productions. They don't technically own a majority stake in FPC Live, but they have a big stake in that. Um, so when uh, Live Nation tours are routed through Milwaukee at Pfizer Forum or the American Family Insurance Amphitheater, uh, FPC Live essentially acts as the local promoter in a partnership with with Live Nation. So there's definitely Live Nation's interest So here. those shows are much more likely to go to those venues than, say, the Rave or the Paps Theater Group venues. Yeah, I mean, if this venue was around now, there's no way Olivia Rodrigo would be playing the Rave. I mean, she would be playing this venue. And um, a lot of the tours, a ton of the tours, are, are Live Nation tours. Live Nation is a massive juggernaut in the touring space. So I look, I think back to, like, uh, let's see, Hosier played at the Eagles Ballroom, or there'll be some... Um, Live Nation shows that come through the Miller High Life Theater. You know, I'm guessing almost all times, except unless there's like a, you know, they want a, a seated theater kind of environment. I'm guessing in most of those cases, they're going to end up at this new venue, uh, should it exist. And they'll, you know, that'll make it more challenging, I would anticipate, for the Rave, for the Pap Theater Group, uh, for the Miller High Life Theater to book tours because Live Nation does have a lot of the market. And it'll be on those venues to kind of do kind of, you know, work with artists that are working with individual promoters or book things like, you know, podcast appearances and kind of fly-ins and things like that, uh, you know, in order to to have content too and to get people through through their doors. I am just now learning his name is now pronounced Hozier. Uh, okay. My world has been turned upside down. <laughs> Thanks for I've, clarifying. I've I've always thought it was Hozier. Uh, yeah. That was my takeaway from that big eloquent spiel you just gave. <laughs> Good, that'd be helpful. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that is that is really interesting. I mean, so I think that's that's sort of the that's the blessing and the curse of this venue. I think I think it's clear this will bring in more Live Nation artists because Live Nation Nation will have a greater financial motivation to bring those artists to town. That's fantastic. That's good news for concert love in Milwaukeeans. And then, of course, the rub is some of those shows will come from other venues. That's sort of the downside. Now, it's it's interesting, Piet, because oh, what we've been talking about is what people in my sphere have been very concerned about. This is what the debate has been on Twitter, uh, the back and forth. Um, seemed, these all seem like reasonable concerns to have about the venue. And then when you look at what was actually discussed at Tuesday night's uh, public forum at the Milwaukee public market. And I suppose I shouldn't be surprised by this. I've watched enough public forums to know how they work. These concerns actually took up very, very, very little of the time, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely they did. I mean, so they, they had this, uh, and they didn't have 
I mean, they, they had to do it for appearances, but they don't have to like legally do this. But they did have a public forum Tuesday at the public market. And they're going to have another one next Tuesday. It's in person, but you can also, uh, if you go to Frank Productions, FPC Live site, uh, or the Journal Sentinel, I have a story on this. You can find a link to a, the Zoom link for next Tuesday's meeting at well if you want to weigh in. But yeah, vast majority of the questions and the concerns were really about how this would impact the neighborhood. Uh, concerns about parking, which I, I think are legitimate, especially for people that live in condos in that area. You know, right now, FPC Live is saying that they are in talks at Summerfest to try to make the Summerfest lots be the, the parking lots for their venue, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's perfect, th- right? Yeah, I'm sorry. What was that? Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really it's really perfect. I think it's one of the big appealing factors for them. Um, you know, it's still there's a big question mark because you know Summerfest leases those lots. They don't own them. The city owns them. So there's going to be there's a big question about how much say exactly can be done here without the city getting involved in terms of the parking. Um, but a big concern is that you know these events are almost always going to have they're going to charge for parking. That's what Summerfest does when they have amphitheater and pavilion shows. Um, and then the concern is that, you know, Erie street where the parking is free, it won't be closed off for these venue shows, but the parking is just going to be, you know, taken up immediately. So I think a a lot of people are concerned about that, how that will impact, you know, people who like live in the area or or maybe, uh, work in the area or trying to get to those businesses like that parking is just going to all kind of go away. That's a big concern. Uh, Another big concern are, you know, views and, um, you know, people who live in those condos that have a view kind of of the water, they're worried about it being obstructed by kind of an eyesore. Early rendering suggests just kind of like blank walls. There's, there's, you know, they don't look terribly appealing. I mean, there's, there's a lot of yeah. It's not, it's not the most uh, inspiring design, is it? No, I mean, there's, there's a lot of glass and there's like a rooftop patio kind of situation. So I think from a from a being inside the venue perspective, it be it could be pretty cool, and I'm sure the interior design will be interesting and probably you know like the Sylvie is a is a pretty cool looking in venue on the inside, but from the outside, if you you know you've got a, a condo right in front of that place, it, I think it'll it be looks pretty. Like, it looks like a mixed use building. It looks like every yeah. other building, yeah. pretty much in, in the market. You know, yeah. So there's concern that'll like really kind of obstruct the views there. Concern about noise is a big one. I mean, you know, the, at this meeting, um, you know, Joel Plant, the CEO of Frank productions really stressed they're going to be state-of-the-art soundproof he claimed you know the sylvie is actually in an office building and he he claims there's been no complaints from office tenants uh about uh noise like during sound checks and stuff you know i mean look we we all walk past the riverside or paps theater when they're holding events it's not like our eardrums are blown out by bleeding through sound (laughs) soundproof yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I think the con- I don't think that's as much of a concern, honestly, um, legit concern as what the noise might be from people just kind of gathering around. Yeah. What what kind of issues that could create in terms of just nuisance or um, you know uh, I don't know van- I don't know vandalism is not the right word really, but just kind of like well, nuisance. That, that is just- what I mean. If you've seen some of the flyers, some mysterious entity is is flyering the area with. Um, you know, sort of uh, postcards or whatever they are, flyers, yeah. I suppose, that are opposed to this. And it shows like broken glass from vandals and it shows like vials of drugs on the street. Like uh, as, as if a, a concert venue is seriously going to turn that neighborhood into some scary place uh, you don't uh-huh. want to be. That isn't what concert venues do. They, they bring foot traffic, you know. Concert, concert yeah. venues are historically very good for neighborhoods. So yeah, so there was, it was a lot of, I think it's safe to say uh, Milwaukee record had a good, slightly more editorial piece on this. Uh, it was a lot of not in my backyard, right? Like, Hey, sounds cool. I don't want it near me. I, I really want my parking to be easy. 
Yeah, I think there was a lot of that. Um, and, and FPC Live on their end were, were saying they would try to make the building as unobtrusive as possible, <laughs> whatever that means, uh, in terms of people concerned about the sight line stuff. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, they said that the lots will be well monitored on event nights and cleaned up after events and kind of suggested too, because there would be events there, perhaps there would be uh, less issues because right now it's so unused that there could be people mm-hmm. kind of going to those parking lots doing, doing, you know, bad stuff or, you know, I think they said like antisocial behavior was like the official line from, <laughs> from Joel plant. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth kind of debate on, on that, but yeah, it's, I think there's it is a shame Pat. this in my dream world, they could just make the parking so cheap. It was almost free or almost free because those are lots that go unused 90% of the year, if not 95% of the yeah. year. I mean, those are some of the least used parking lots in the city. Yeah. If they could just open them up, then nobody needs to worry about street parking and everybody could be happy and people could have uh, have their music venues. Yeah, uh, yeah, but there's there's also money to be made here, man. There's yes. money to be made. So, you know, I, I would I would certainly be concerned about the, the parking situation on Erie Street. I think that is a, a legitimate concern for people in that area. But then FPC Live, too, is just making the big pitch that uh, you know, this this could be really great for businesses in the area. You know, they're they're not going to have they're not like building a restaurant there or building their own bars there. They're only going to mm-hmm. be open for the events. They'll have the bars open only during the events. Um, you know, and so um, you know, they that's that's the argument too is that you know people will go to restaurants and they'll go to bars and they'll go to hotels um, and they'll you know they'll go to places in the area and spend their money and and. They are, you know, they made a case that the Sylvie um, in Madison, you know, since that opened, two new hotels are opening, or have opened or are opening on the same mm-hmm. block. Um, so they think it'll be really great for for business in the area too, and and there's a pretty strong case for that as well. So and, and this is, I mean, let's let's be real here. This is a neighborhood that can absorb Summerfest, which you know, on its deadest night, is on a scale so much more massive than what uh, two mid-sized music venues could ever do. You know, these these music venues, I think, it, you know, uh, one is 4,000 uh, capacity, one is 800 capacity art. That's 4,800 people. It, it's people, but it's not so massive that uh, a city can't absorb that amount of traffic, right? No, totally. I mean, they, they, that was a big talking point yesterday. It was like, this will be great for business, great for uh, the concert music industry. The, you know, we think a lot of great things come from this, but they kept stressing, this is not like, it's not, this is going to be a Summerfest situation. You know, the, at most, and this will happen on a handful of occasions, at most they might have shy 5,000 fans there because that would, and that would depend on if the 4,000 capacity room and the 800 capacity room are both having out. shows and both sold out, which yeah. is not going to happen very often. It's going to be very rare they'll have shows on both nights at both venues uh, and rare that they'll have complete sold out shows at, at both those venues. And the 4,000 capacity venue um, is often not going to have 4,000 people there. I mean, that's what they're arguing. And in, in the breakdown of the one the 135 events a year, most of those two will also be at the 800 capacity venue. So I think they said mm-hmm. about maybe 50 uh, a year is what they're looking at in terms of what can be at the 4,000 capacity. They also stress too, I mean, they're still the promoters for the BMO Harris Pavilion, promoters for the American Family Insurance Amphitheater. I mean, they, they said kind of when those venues are open, those will be kind of their big focus too. So, I mean, a lot of, you know, a, a, ven- a show that could potentially go inside this venue will, will probably often be considered more for the pavilion if it's like it, during the summer, because then people can kind of be outside and it's just more pleasant and you take advantage of those summer months so yeah, that's that, that's another thing too is like it's not like 
you know, you'll have Summerfest and this place with 5,000 people. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, that's not, that's not going to be happening. That's kind of what they're saying. Well, Piet, I appreciate you walking me through this. Lots of different factors to consider here. Also a really fast-moving story. I mean, I think it's safe to say the promoters are really pushing ahead with plans for these venues. We will keep you updated if anything big changes. Uh, My prediction is it won't. (laughs) I think reading the tea leaves, you kind of get a sense that this is happening in some form or another, but we will see, of course. Yeah, we'll see. In the meantime, you can find all of Piet's great reporting about this at jsonline.com. You can, of course, find our coverage about this and all sorts of things pertaining to the Milwaukee music scene at RadioMilwaukee.org and find this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Tapped In is produced by Kenny Perez and it could not happen without support from you, our members, and our subscribers. We really, really appreciate it. Piet, I will see you next time on Tapped In. See you next time, Evan.